All right. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mark Molina with Molina Leadership Solutions. We are here today. We are doing a podcast of a local organization. We want to introduce Matt. Matt is the founder, owner, sole proprietor. Is that correct, sole proprietor, Matt? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, of uh, New Leaf Hyperbonics and Wellness in Eugene, and I've had I have been hearing so much about this these services and the organization for a couple of years now. I know a lot of people that have done utilize your services and they rave about the after effects. So I'm glad we finally have an opportunity to do a podcast. Uh, and before we get to Matt, I'm going to go ahead and read his bio. Uh, Matt was born in Eugene, Oregon, and raised five miles outside of Junction City on a small radiator farm. Graduated from Junction City High School, worked in the RV industry for 20 years. Uh, while in the profession, became a volunteer fireman, fireman, EMT intermediate. In 2008, he was forced to make a career change, started work in the ER at Riverbend Hospital. At that time, he was very out of shape, and he knew he needed to make a lifestyle change. And we'll get to some of that story. While working in the ether, is that what that means? Ether? ER, yeah, oh, working okay. in the ER. While working in the ER, he learned about hyperbarics from an outside source. He knew it was something that needed to be brought to Eugene. He opened the clinic doors in June 2015 and has been treating hundreds of people ever since. Uh, so Matt, first of all, welcome. Thank you for being willing to participate in this podcast with Molina Leadership Solutions. Mm-hmm. One of the things I offer local businesses is a free 60-minute podcast to introduce their business and to talk about their dreams, talk about their life, and share how you believe what you're doing is beneficial for the community. Awesome. All right. Well, let's thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about first things first. Mm-hmm. New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness. So for those mm-hmm. of us that are unlearned in your field, what <laughs> exactly is hyperbarics? What does it mean and how does it help? Perfect. Yeah, it's a great question. The When I talk with a lot of folks, the simplest way I like to describe that is we talk about hyperbarics as oxygen therapy under pressure. And what that really means is that you're breathing roughly 95% pure oxygen while you're here in the office. We give you the choice of two different devices to receive that, either a full face mask that goes right here, or a cannula, which is a lot of folks, I could watch soap operas and different shows, it's the little hoses that go right there in your nose. And we get you comfortable in one of our chambers, which we have four of, uh, three different sizes. And then we pressurize that chamber. And as the chamber pressurizes, you have to adjust your ears, very similar to landing in an airplane. But once we do reach pressure, you're the same as 10 feet below sea level. And what that allows is that allows Henry's law of physics to take over on the oxygen you're breathing. And that means that that gas can turn to a liquid easier. So the oxygen actually starts dissolving into the liquid or the plasma of your body instead of going to just the red blood cells to get around. So we're infusing your body with about four times the amount of oxygen than you would normally get on a daily basis, just breathing which is, does several different things for you. Since oxygen is a natural anti-inflammatory, detoxifier, immune booster, stem cell producer, collagen, does all these things we just normally use every bit of the oxygen we're breathing just for our body to function. But because we're putting that excess in there and allowing it to get five times farther in every cell, 
for example, an hour in our chambers, equivalent to taking 40 Motrin or say 12,000 milligrams of ibuprofen as far as the anti-inflammatory effect, as well as we're detoxing you at a cellular level every time you're in there. But it's so many more things that we can help folks with. So, so first, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> very good. Well, first things first, let's talk about uh, four chambers, three mm -hmm. different sizes. You pressurize the chamber. You've talked mm -hmm. about the benefits. What would you say to someone who has an aversion or fear of enclosed spaces? How might the different sizes of chambers uh, be an assistance to them? So all our chambers uh, are roomy enough for two folks. So they're not super small, all the ones we use here in office. And so somebody that it does have an aversion to smaller enclosed spaces, I first of all, let them know that these machines are designed for folks to use at home. So one person can run them. So you're not locked in there by any means. Uh, one person could get out there on their own. And then we have every, the sizes we carry, the smallest one we run in the office is 33 inches across and about eight feet long. And then our largest one is 60 inches. So five feet by that same eight and a half feet. So you, um, someone crawls into the chamber or they enter the chamber, not crawls, excuse me, that's probably not a good <laughs> adjective. We call um, it diving. Diving. They just dive in. <laughs> they get into the chamber, What they've got the oxygen, you want to maximize the, the effects of the oxygen, the healing component of it. Mm -hmm. um, how is the chamber pressurized? Talk, talk me through, to those that don't know what you do, mm -hmm. Can you give us a verbal uh, description? What does that mean to pressurize the chamber? So we're, the chamber is a, what's known as a soft side chamber, a soft shell chamber. So it looks like a really heavy duty tent, mm -hmm. uh, kind of, you know, long, long, kind of think of like a capsule. And by capsule, I mean like a pill capsule type of shape. I mean, it's soft to begin with. And so you're, we've plumbed in the oxygen, so it's going right to you. Mm -hmm. And then there's, two compressors, depending on the size, our largest chamber uses four compressors that take the room air, run it through some filters, and then start pressurizing that chamber with the room air till there's 4.4 PSI in the system, which is 1.3 ATA, which means 10 feet below sea level. Very good. Now, what does it take, what did it take for you to get certified in this kind of um, process? 40 hours of training <laughs> on, on a, so I did, I did 40 hours of training through the websites that they have out there that you can do training on. But all this stuff that I did was for like hospital grade hyperbarics where they do even higher pressures. Cause there's wasn't at the time when I started doing this specific training for what's known as mild pressure hyperbarics. Now we do have that training, and just two years ago, I took what's known as IBUM, or the International Board of Undersea Medicine course, which was a four-day course taught by two different doctors um, that was more especially targeted for mild pressure stuff. We learned a lot of the same stuff that I had learned in the high pressure stuff, but it's more fitted to the low pressure stuff because there's a lot of differences between hyperbarics that you'll do in the hospital where they're doing like two atmospheres, which is 33 feet below sea level with a hundred percent oxygen versus what we're doing at 10 feet with 95% oxygen and charging the chamber with room air. 
if you're in a chamber over two atmospheres or over 20 minutes, you have to go in what's on called an air break, which means they take the oxygen, they put you in a hood where you're breathing atmospheric air versus the 100% oxygen, just so you don't become oxygen toxic. With our chambers, because of what we do, um, not using the 100% oxygen atmosphere, there's very, 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 very little chance of you ever becoming oxygen toxic in one of our chambers. Yeah, let's talk about this for a little bit. That's all pretty exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. you, you said in your bio while working at the ER, you learned about hyperbarics from an outside source. Mm -hmm. Now, do you were working at River Bend. Did River Bend offer hyperbaric treatment? They started, when I first started there, they did not have it. I think it was about a year and a half prior to when I left there, they finally did have a hyperbaric center. They have three chambers over there now. So if someone was receiving hyperbaric uh, treatment in a hospital, what would compel a hospital to induce someone into that level of treatment or that uh, type of treatment? Usually hospitals are seeing folks for hyperbarics for one of the 14 covered conditions, which is stuff like crush injuries, gas gangrene, the bends, CO poisoning, non-healing diabetic wounds, non-healing surgical skin flaps. So that's what the hospitals are going to see them for is one of those type of things. Usually it's a diabetic ulcer that's not healing in the foot. McKinsey um, Willamette actually has a wound center over on West 11th where that's a satellite from the McKinsey Willamette Hospital where they do strictly wound stuff. They don't know. They do hyperbarics as well as just regular wound breeding and different things like that. But folks that are having uh, those non-healing diabetic wounds and different things like that um, and they're having trouble getting them to heal, they'll put them in the chamber over there as well. Uh, you might also treat somebody that's uh, CO poisoning, like they've been in a house where it wasn't off-gassing properly due to a furnace and they get carbon monoxide poisoning. So they would go in the chamber for that as well. So do me a favor. Let's talk about, again, a little bit more slowly, if you will, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more detail. Some of the benefits that you were mentioning of this type of uh, treatment, hyperbarics, mm -hmm. Uh, with, in, with regards to how it could benefit, again, um, anyone who needs this kind of treatment, either at the hospital or at New Leaf Hyperbarics. What what are some of those? Uh, uh, so because the oxygen's dissolving into the liquid, like I said, or the plasma, your body not hooking to just the red blood cells to get around and putting that excess amount, getting it five times farther into every cell, we can help with inflammation relief because oxygen is that natural anti-inflammatory. So we're gonna help folks with all kinds of aches and pains. And if the inflammation like irritable bowel syndromes that helps with the inflammation in the gut. So folks with IBS, Crohn's, there's lots of studies out there showing that it's very beneficial for those folks. Somebody that has maybe their heavy metal toxification, different types of um, toxins, all the field are the fires that are going on right now, folks that are up there in that area, or even here in the valley, when the fire smoke blows in here, you're breathing all that stuff and you really don't know what's all in that smoke. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about, think about as the forest burns and it burns through a patch of poison oak, you happen to be inhaling that smoke that has that poison oak stuff in it, you're actually gonna get poison oak. I actually had that happen to me before. So I know that that's a possibility. So if we can help folks detox that out of them, because we are 
Oxygen is a natural detoxifier. Since we're, once again, five times farther than every cell, we're scrubbing those cells really well every time you're in there. In fact, folks that come in for their first time, we always recommend to them that they drink 32 to 64 ounces of water after their first treatment to flush the toxins out. And then first thing the next morning, another eight ounces before coffee, juice, milk, tea, anything like that, just to grab those toxins and those empty water molecules and pull them out and get them out of the body. Um, I was gonna continue on with, uh, because of all that, the oxygen is able to get farther through. So if somebody that's had a stroke or traumatic brain injury where they have a part of the brain that's not getting oxygenated or good blood flow anymore, because plasma just kind of flows through and doesn't necessarily need the capillary exchange and all that fun stuff that normally oxygen gets exchanged out of the red blood cell into the rest of the body. We start helping that area of the brain that's not getting oxygenated. Folks find different things. Their mental clarity gets better. If it's a traumatic brain injury, that brain fog starts going away. If it's somebody that's got, say, like this hand isn't working after the stroke, it starts working better. They may never get 100% of that use back. But if they get 90, 95%, 80%, that's a game changer for a lot of those folks. And you do hybrids long enough, you actually create vasogenesis, which is growth of new vessels. So some of that area of the brain that wasn't getting oxygenated because of a damage to a vein or a vessel because of the stroke, that could grow a new vessel into that area. This is all really compelling. I'm really enjoying this conversation because we have, in the day and age in which we live, legitimate options for healthcare, legitimate mm -hmm. options to help our bodies heal that are outside of uh, medications that seem to have far more negative after effects than they do uh, benefits. Now, I have a silly question. It's, I'm listening to you speak here and I'm going to say this. I'm a little embarrassed to ask, but I'm going to ask. Okay. I think you can give a really defined answer here is what role does plasma play in the processing of oxygen and the things that you've described? Because I've always heard of, I've heard of people donating plasma and I, I have no idea what that means. So plasma is really just the liquid that the red blood cells and the white blood cells and all the in your body that it flows. It's the liquid part of your blood, basically. So in hyperbarics, what we're doing is just filling that area with the oxygen. Because normally, let's back up and actually just talk about how oxygen normally gets through the body. Normally, we inhale, goes into the lungs, into the, the little sacs known as the alveoli. And then the heart pumps the blood through the lungs. And as there's a pressure gradient difference between the red blood cells and the outside atmosphere a whole bunch of math <laughs> but basically there's each red blood cell has thousands of hemoglobin in it and that's the little receptor that holds the oxygen molecules well each hemoglobin can hold one to four oxygen molecules so as you take a breath it's doing that exchange so when they when you go to the doctor and they put the little clamp on your finger that tells you with your oxygen saturation that's a little infrared type of device that's looking at the red blood cells at the hemoglobin specifically seeing what how many things are attached to that hemoglobin. So when it says 98%, that means that that blood in that finger at that moment, that 98% of all the hemoglobin that it's seeing is full of oxygen. So a lot of folks ask me, well, hey, can we put that on before and after? I'm like, we can, but it's gonna show 98% now and it'll show 100% after, which I could just put you on some oxygen right here and do the same thing. 
because it's not going to read the oxygen in the plasma, which like there again is the liquid. So when you're under pressure in hyperbarics, the same thing happens as far as the red blood cells, but it's also bypassing the hemoglobin part a little bit because that's oxygen just dissolving into the liquid of the, the plasma of the body. So think of it kind of like you grab a Coke or a Sprite or something. And when you crack it open, all the little bubbles come out. So that Coke is under pressure. So that gas is liquid. But once you open and release the pressure, then it becomes a gas again. The carbon monoxide or the, the, the yeah, the stuff they put in soda I can't think of right now that makes it all bubbly. So that's a good visual effect that we like to share with folks too, is that that's kind of how hyperbarics is working. If you think of it that way, when you're under pressure, you can't see all the bubbles in the soda. You crack it, let the pressure off. That all comes similar type of situation in the plasma in our body. Carbonation. That's the word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is really cool. You know, I think that there's, um, I think we have, a, we live in a great age where we as individuals have the opportunity, opportunity. We have a lot of information at our fingertips and I think we have a responsibility as well as the opportunity to try to learn some of these things for ourselves and how our bodies work. You know, when my father died, he died at 39, Matt. He was a young man. He had a, he had a heart attack at home. He was mm -hmm. retired military. He had just mm -hmm. retired at 38. And mm -hmm. a year and a half later, he had a heart attack. And I remember it's 1971. And he kept going to the doctor. And they, he kept telling him his chest hurt. And they kept telling him it's just indigestion. They kept telling him to take Rolaids. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that don't realize that in the 60s or 70s, if they're born any time in the last two decades, they might be under the impression that this is how science or medicine always was. Yeah. But it's not true. No. And then <laughs> and then and then after he had a massive heart attack at home, he survived that. But that, by then it was too late. His heart was enlarged. And then he ended up having a stroke um, mm. afterwards. But this is part of why medical science to me in the day and age in which we live is exciting because I saw when it wasn't good or very good, I guess I should say is a better way yeah. to describe it. And so with what you're doing, you got a whole lot of stuff. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We've got 45 minutes and we're going to talk 45 <laughs> minutes. I want to find out about why I want to find out more about you. I want the community to know more about you, but why is something like this hyperbarics? Why is this so important to you that you decided to walk away from a career in healthcare, working at the hospital, uh, intermediate EMT, a volunteer fireman? What What is so relevant, helpful, useful, practical, empowering about hyperbarics that you invested your life into this area of service? It's a great question. Well, let's just, why don't I just tell my story of how this all came about and we can you know, just kind of go through it that way. So as you said, I grew up in Junction City on a farm, all that fun stuff. Um, I was working in the Army industry. Actually, Blue L45 ruptured it in 2007. I had to have surgery and got back to work in 2008. And that's when Monaco, you know, the whole RV industry shifted. And that's what, caught, you know, that's how I ended up in the ER um, working there. Um, and due to the back injury and what I was doing in the RV industry, uh, I was traveling a lot, all that fun stuff. And so I was really, really overweight, actually weighed about 260 pounds. And knowing that I was now in the 
specific healthcare industry. I'm like, I should really be a better role model for folks. So started looking at ways to get in better shape. Um, had a little chest pain about that same time. My doctor said, hey, we're going to be running a treadmill. Here's an aspirin. All those fun things. You know, you said your father was 36. You know, I was 39. He was 39. My, my dad yeah. was 39. Yeah. Same, same things. And so I'm like, this is a depth. So that was the total game changer for me right there. And I dove, you know, just jumped in feet first into, you know, crazy hard workouts. Now, I knew a gym wouldn't work for me, treadmills, all those things. I But P90X seemed to be the thing that scared me at first. But then I just like, I'm, I did it. And through that experience, learned about being a partner with with the, the mother company called Beachbody, all these things. Didn't really want to work it as a business, but of course, potato, potato, you know, all the things happened, led me down that path as that was now a side business while I was working in the ER. And through that is how I learned about hyperics because in 2012, I went to do a curl and my right arm wouldn't curl 20 pounds. My left arm curled 20 pounds. Just fine. So I thought maybe I'd mess something up in my shoulder through about a month and a half worth of physical therapy going to different things finally ended up at a neurosurgeon's office because c45 had compressed and pinched the nerve to the bicep didn't really want to have surgery but ended up having surgery so it's off work again um and after the surgery by the way the doc i said hey doc these fingers are numb over here he's like oh yeah i bumped the nerve to those fingers that'll get better in like a month or so like oh okay because the bicep worked again i was like that's awesome uh, but I was off work recovering and some folks I knew that I had met through Beachbody actually were doing a weekend seminar up in Tacoma, Washington and was teaching people different things about food. And so I was like, hey, I can't work. I'm going to go up there and kind of work on my side business a little bit. Well, while I was up there, I had local vendors and one of the local vendors was New Leaf Hyperbarics of Tacoma. And I'm like, oh, I saw what they were doing saw you know some testimonials from different people and i was just blown away that this was not something that was already in eugene i just couldn't fathom that it wasn't already here because it was such a fit it's just a perfect fit for eugene just the way we you know everybody in eugene's more alternative more natural more you know different things so through the course of talking with those folks and everything they helped me set up a um set up the clinic. So that was 2012. I opened in 2015. Well, in the meantime, I got a chamber for myself. And that was eight months after surgery. I got the chamber, started doing treatments. Six weeks into treatments, three days a week, the numbness and fingling, numbness and tingling I still had in these fingers was gone. As well as I was no longer eating ibuprofen like Tic Tacs every day, which was amazing in its own. And then, so that just even fueled my passion even more to make this happen even faster as well as my wife has had cancer four times the last time she had an inoperable tumor in her brainstem she likes to describe that you know most people think of tumors like this mass hers was like so think of your brainstem as rebar and the tumor was just entwined in it so that's why they couldn't go in and just surgically remove it because they may have been in there cutting and went Oh, whoops, that was, you know, the thing that made your arm move. Um, so they didn't want to do that. So we had been dealing with that for two and a half, almost three years. We quit doing chemo, you know, a long time ago because that was 
doing her worst damage than the the tumor was. So we started, we both started treating at the same time. And that was in June of 2013. Every July they would go in and find us, you know, and drain, drain the, what they could out of her neck. So she wouldn't, you know, pass out all the time, wouldn't have seizures, different things would happen because of the tumor. So we started treating her three, four, you know, as often as we could get her in there, we were treating her. Well, following July, they, there was, they couldn't find anything to drain. So they did a PET scan a couple months later. She'd gone from stage four to stage two, a few months later, stage one, you know, finally full remission and happy to report a year ago, June, they went and did an ultrasound and the tumor was pretty much non-existent. They couldn't find it. And the only difference we really made from 2012, 2013 till now was consistent hyperbarics, which is pretty amazing. So well, that, I mean, all those things just drive me even more. And then. Well, that is very amazing. Uh, Question, are there studies that show, validate even more of these kinds of scenarios for those that are using hyperbarics as a form of treatment for some any type of illness? There's tons of studies out there. You just, you know, you dig and dig and dig, you can find them. There's, there's a really cool study specifically for cancer where they've taken lab mice, rats, whatever, and then gave them specific type of cancer and then gave them just chemo and then also did chemo with a specific diet and then did chemo diet and hyperbarics and the rats that got best better faster were the ones that did all three so as they're doing more and more things more and more things the challenge for a lot of things is there's so many things and it's really hard to do studies on all the things specifically and they're not necessarily looking at all things but a lot of times they'll get they'll do studies on x and then while they're doing that study they'll find out that it also helped y and z as well which is kind of cool yeah there's a lot of studies out there um there's also just like anecdotal type things you'll find out there on the internet too uh, the Amons Clinic, for folks that aren't familiar with Dr. Daniel Amons, he's a psychiatrist, psychologist, one of those two, who come up through life as an x-ray tech, but then went into psychiatry and couldn't understand why they weren't looking at the brain. Very similar to like a cardiologist looks at the heart, gastroenterologist looks at the gut, and all those things. He was just blown. Why are we still trying to diagnose people's brains the same way we did back when Lincoln was president? So he started doing what's known as a spec scan, and which is spec is looking at, at the functionality of the brain, not necessarily the mass of the brain. And in his clinics, they use hyperbrakes as well for mental different mental illnesses as well, which is really, really cool. Do you know how much hyperbarics may or may not be used for let's say tbi of any kind traumatic brain injury of any kind regardless of how an individual sustained it is hyperbarics a fairly common treatment it's becoming more and more common because there are tons and tons more studies coming out the uh military is actually starting to i want to say three four years ago i saw an article where texas had there was the Air Force had a base that they were putting actually hyperbaric in specifically for helping with PTSD and traumatic brain injuries. 
and Arizona government was putting for a bunch of money to help veterans get hybrid treatments as well. We see a lot of folks for post-concussion syndrome, mm-hmm. you know, like after car accidents, uh, a lot of folks for that because I work with several different chiropractors in town and some other physicians that send folks over for specifically post-motor vehicle accident recovery due to, you know, a lot of folks don't know just a five mile an hour impact in a car that makes your head go forwards and backwards can cause um, concussion. How major or minor that is can depend on how many times in life you've concussed your brain. The first time you do it, you may not notice a difference, but you keep doing that over and over pretty soon. It's going to have a lot of wear and tear on that organ. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people who are f- are fairly serious athletes that use your services on a regular basis. Talk about how those that are in the recovery process or even in the training process for a significant event, how can coming to your New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness support their regeneration, reconstitution, so that they continue on under a strenuous training regimen? Yeah. Athletes, a lot of professional athletes actually are owning their own hyperbaric chambers now. I mean, uh, anybody that follows basketball, LeBron James, one of the oldest NBA players, does hyperbarics all the time. But for the average, it's great for just the average athlete, weekend warrior type person, because like I said, wound healing is one of the covered conditions. And so when you're working out, you're just breaking down muscle and rebuilding it. That's how you get bigger muscles. You tear them down, they rebuild, they get bigger. So it's just a wound inside the body. And we can help a wound inside the body just as much as we help the wound outside the body. You just don't see it. Oxygen is one of those really cool things that it you can't tell it to, hey, only fix the bicep. It's going to fix everything while it's in there. So for athletes that are doing really strenuous training, they get sore, they break down the muscles, they can use hyperbarics to get the soreness out because it starts getting rid of that inflammation. Plus it helps the muscles heal faster. So they're just going to get bigger gains faster. Or if they have like a really hard tournament or, you know, whatnot, they're going to recover from their tournament faster. I actually, when I first opened, had a triathlete that worked for me as one of my employees. And she started doing treatments right after her triathlons. And what she noticed was what used to would take her normally a week, week and a half to recover from. As long as she did, you know, a treatment like say three days after she was recovered in four days. Yeah, let's talk about uh, another piece of this potentially. After I just ran the Pacific Northwest Half Marathon this past weekend, I've been training since February. I've run three half marathons, a 10K. Uh, got COVID in the midst of that, or I would have run the full marathon. And, you know, they tell runners after an event, uh, you know, 72 hours after an event to go get a massage, full body massage. What's the difference between how massage uh, supports healing and -hmm. relaxation as opposed to hyperbarics? Great. So in reality, they're kind of doing as far as massage, massage, getting the lactic acid out helping the muscles have better blood flow so that they, your muscles can heal faster. It just gets the soreness out. Hyperbarics, the detox effect is helping getting that lactic acid out through, you know, the detox effect as well as better circulations, helping move that stuff around. The 
major key is that getting that extra oxygen in there to really help with the inflammation and the healing. In fact, we have massage therapy here in the office. And what a lot of folks will do is they will come in and do a hyperbarics and follow that with the massage. And what we found is that therapy, massage therapists can actually get almost three times the amount of work done because of the inflammation and the toxins that the hyperbarics gets out of the way. By the way, I kind of paint that picture for folks to say, so you've got a really bad knot in your shoulder and it would normally, you've been seeing a massage therapist for years for that knot. And normally it takes them 10 minutes to get that all worked out. After hyperbarics, they don't have to work through the inflammation and or everything to get in there and the fascia smooths out easier. So maybe it only takes them five minutes now to get that shoulder worked out. So now they got that extra five minutes of work elsewhere on the body. So that just starts multiplying. So they just have all this, they just get more work done to the body, which is really cool. And then I have the therapists that tell me that they really notice who does hyperbarics before their massages and who doesn't. Now that can be like somebody could do hyperbarics today and get massaged within three to four days of that. And that's still that still that same effect from the hyperbarics is still very visible to folks. So you would recommend then for maximum, um, medical outcome for lack of a better word right, right. Uh, to receive a hyperbaric treatment prior to a massage for for full adaptive recovery post uh, strenuous event whether a marathon try a triathlete or tri triathlon or half whatever that looks like yeah absolutely can children and the elderly or those with disabilities benefit from hyperbarics or is it safe for them to be involved in a hyperbaric treatment? Absolutely safe for all age levels. The only folks we don't treat is somebody with in their first trimester of pregnancy. And because that's just a real volatile time in a pregnancy, we not saying that hyperbarics would cause a miscarriage or anything like that, but just because it's that kind of delicate of a time, we just don't. Uh, so with that being said, I've had several patients that have come in, our clients that have come in, who were third, fourth trimester. I've also actually had a, a young little little baby that was born with, with a small birth defect, a hole. And once the doctor cleared them, started treating them, and they did really well. I've had young, young folks, had a 18-month-old uh, that parent brought in because they were doing their catch up vaccinations and started seeing a change in the child. Um, and within four treatments, the mom had her child back from just, you know, just not, not good stuff. And then we have also the opposite of the spectrum. We've had 95 to 98 year old, a young, this young lady was awesome. She was actually from uh, Germany. She had dry gangrene on her toe so the hospital wouldn't treat her because it wasn't gas gangrene because it wouldn't be covered under insurance so she came to see us and we kept her toe from getting cut off this young lady was very adamant about her toe not getting cut off because she has actually escaped Auschwitz and was like nobody's taking any of my body parts so are there any studies or do you have any experience with uh, hyperbarics treating those that might be uh, suffering from dementia, Parkinson's, any of the standard or, or what is uh, not standard, but uh, brain diseases? 
Yes, uh, we also have studies in here. And I've also, in fact, I think we have a client here right now that's here because they're early onset dementia, Alzheimer's type things. And then we've treated over the course of the last seven years, several folks that have had that, as well as folks with Parkinson's. We had a, my first Parkinson's client was a gentleman who actually walked with a walker when he first came in and did what I call, you know, the Parkinson's dance where they get to a doorway and they kind of do the back and forth thing. After a few weeks of treatments, he would just come in, go right through the door, be ready to go right in the chamber. Uh, also, his wife reported us after two weeks of treatments that his doctor cut his morning meds back to a third compared to what he was taking prior to starting hyperics. And then anybody else? There's just been so many, many different people. It's hard to keep track of them, but those ones are, you know, the really cool ones. Now, we're not you know, by any way necessarily going to totally reverse things, but we're going to slow, if not maybe back it up a little bit and keep somebody. Like we had a husband and wife that would come in and treat all the time together because he got his wife back and it held her from going any farther, but reversed her a little bit to where she cognitively knew more didn't she he said he would kind of lose her throughout the day there would be hours of a time where he she wouldn't remember she'd be out in the barn or wherever just didn't know how she got there that quit happening for her well my grandfather had parkinson's one of my older brothers who's already passed away from a, a parkinson's and it was far worse than my grandfather's was he had to have the battery packs in his chest and the yeah. battery pack in his brain stem and multiple surgeries that's how advanced his would get and he needed that just to be able to be, just to function on the barest of uh, uh, abilities and so i mean he couldn't really talk at the end or anything nothing worked neurologically um if someone from what you've seen from what maybe studies has shown if someone wanted to try hyperbarics and they hear this they think about this does it matter if they're in beginnings, potential, potential uh, beginning phases of dementia or Parkinson's or advanced, do you believe that the hyperbarics is a reasonable medical service that could bring some form of, of relief to them? Absolutely. I do find that if the, like most everything, if you can catch it earlier, you're gonna have better results faster. But even folks that are maybe farther down the, for example, that's, we can talk about brain things. We're going to talk about strokes specifically. I have, cause I have folks that come in super like right away within a couple of weeks of the stroke to one of our very first clients who had a stroke was five years past stroke. And when she came in, her right arm was all curled up and didn't work. She walked with a cane, all these things. And she started doing treatments three to four times a week in October. In February, she went to purchase a a few more i set the receipt up on the counter and with that right arm that was all curled up kind of like this and didn't work when she first came in she actually grabbed the pin and signed the receipt with that arm and and she has reported multiple things other than that you know to us throughout the court and she still comes in now she just comes in like every other week just to maintain where she's at and she's doing really well one of the biggest things for her was her and her husband used to go walk on the beach every thanksgiving and as of her stroke they could no longer do that well, she starts, she has five years post-stroke. Two years later, 
that well, that Thanksgiving two years later, her and her husband went and worked on, walked on the beach for the first time in seven years. And so that was huge for them. That's a great story. Um, let's talk about, is there any science or studies or is it would it be reasonable let's say a parent says my child has autism severe adhd you know all the things that are now seem to be happening to children or being diagnosed is there any hope that hyperbarics might be a possible provide possible uh, positive medical outcomes for these children and their families that's an also a great question and there is several studies out there that are showing either hyperbarics alone or hyperbarics with some specific vitamins and different things like that have made huge changes. I recently just uh, had a young man come to us about a month ago now and they lived in Roseburg, so they couldn't come in and do treatments. Uh, we always recommend your first three within a week if possible, but because they lived in Roseburg, you know, mom and dad both had to work. They could only come up. So they came up a Friday and they came up the next Friday and then they came up the next Friday. Well, when the parents first brought the child, well, his dad brought the young man in. He was just, you know, one of the autistic kids that are just kind of super freaked out because it's something new and they don't know what they own. They're just really kind of hard to control just because of all the things going on for them. Quickly, you know, did the treatment, got them all, you know, dad came in the next week. Child seemed a little better, a little more under control. I actually got to work with them very specifically on the third treatment. Um, when the child came in the first two times, he had a huge head of hair because they couldn't get his hair cut because, you know, they couldn't get him to sit down. Nobody could touch his head. Come in the third time, his head was actually almost, you know, like clipper, clipped with clippers. And dad said, I have a new child. We actually got his haircut yesterday. He sat there and just let the barber do it. The child actually hugged me that day. And as I was hugging him, I reached up and played with his head and he just smiled and was having a fun time. So... Last Friday, I delivered a chamber to their house because they're renting one so they can do treatments more often. So how does hyperbarics affect that portion of the brain? I know you've given some description now, mm -hmm. but um, what's going on in the brain via hyperbarics that it would bring that kind of relief uh, to a child that may be suffering from ADHD or autism and that the stimulation is so negative for them, but now post-treatment, they can tolerate it and maybe may even welcome it. What happens in the brain during the treatment? So that's some of the studies you can look up and find. Uh, Dr. Harch is one of the leading MDs of hyperbarics in the U.S. right now. And we actually have some of his spec scans here in the office. And one of them is a three-year-old who has autism. And they show, and the spec scan shows the low, the brain area back here just not functioning. That's the cool part about spec is you can see where it's not working. 80 treatments later, you, it's glowing blue. It looks like a fuller, looks more like a brain because it's fuller. And the child went from not feeding itself at three years old, not feeding itself, not interacting with people, not, you know, not doing all things to now it's feeding itself, walking with a walker, interacting with public, you know, different things that are more like a normal three-year-old kid after those things. And so what's going on is the parts of the brain that aren't getting blood flow and oxygenation are now getting that blood flow and oxygenation. And so synapses are firing that were firing before, just things are better in the brain. So for those that might not understand what you just said, I, I know what the neurosynopsis are. 
can you explain that a little bit in layman's terms so that they can understand what you're referring to? So we can use it kind of like maybe computer language. The the circuits were talking to each other on the motherboard now where they weren't before because um, there was a break in communication. And I think I when I talk with folks about that a lot of times, I do use computers and stuff like that because people are more familiar with how computers work versus how the body works. But if you think of the brain like a giant motherboard, because it's really what runs the body. If you have a, a computer you know, on a motherboard, if you have a computer chip that's separated because the solder broke or whatever, that's the computer's not going to do what it, that circuit's supposed to tell it to do. But if you reconnect the circuit with some solder, then it starts working again. Basically, the hyperbarics using the pressurized oxygen, better blood flow is allowing those circuits to connect again. What about, is there any studies or do you have you treated anyone that may suffer from muscular dystrophy, uh, um, uh, cerebral palsy? Yes and yes. Uh, a couple different stories. There's, you know, there's always all these things you ask me. There's studies out there. You just got to, you know, Google Scholar, PubMed. You can just go in there and look them up. Um, the most recent cerebral palsy, it's been a while since I've seen a cerebral palsy client, but we had a young man, I want to say he was like four or five, wheelchair. Their parents would bring him up from Grants Pass, so it was a long trip. The first thing they really noticed was and when they go to, because he was all uh, like this because of the cerebral palsy, the physical therapy was actually, he was more elastic. He would relax better. I think that, that would get better. Um, then I had a young lady who had MS so bad that she was in and out of a wheelchair, depending on what was going on with her MS. And she started coming to see us. And within a few weeks of treatments, she didn't need a wheelchair anymore and things. And so she quit coming to see us. And then whoop, back, she was in the wheelchair. So a friend of hers who was a naturopath actually bought a chamber and put it in her house so that her and her friend could treat. Yeah, last I heard she was doing fan, just had to use a cane every now and again and doing really well. I, I didn't really get a chance to prepare you for my next question, but what are some of the more dramatic cases that you've worked on that you've had profound positive results? Uh, no, no, no. Those, a lot of the wound healing stuff, I've had folks that have come in due to, say they, had a facelift, you know, plastic surgery stuff. Like one of the first ones I had was a lady who was not adhesing here. So she was all black because on both sides, because after that, it did, she just wasn't healing right. And within four sessions, everything was pinking up. And by the time we were done with, I think we did 12 on hers, was so long ago, maybe a little longer or a little more. Couldn't even tell. So those ones, the real visual ones are really cool. And as well as the the stroke folks where like the young lady I talked about earlier where arm wasn't working, she signed the receipt. That was really huge and profound. Um, children that just like the young artistic kid that I just talked about, as well as uh, one of my biggest, uh, I guess, clients. And this young lady has told her story several times. She was uh, this young lady and by young, she's in her mid seventies runs a insurance agency and she was driving down the road deer ran out in front of her and she got ran basically ran over but a semi hit the back of her because 
at like I think they were doing like 70, 75. They were on a on a freeway. Uh, she was in ICU, had to have all these surgeries, got out of ICU. They said, here you go. She did, you know, physical therapy, all things got back to work and realized that she really was struggling with her brain because she didn't know they nobody really tested her for traumatic brain injury. That's, you know, standard medicine doesn't really look at traumatic brain injuries the same way that a lot of other folks look at traumatic brain injuries. Because unless they do a spec scan, it's really hard to tell if you have something specifically electronically going on wrong with your brain. And you can look at the mass of the brain and it can look fine and look normal. There might not be any bleeds, no nothing, but it still cannot be functioning correctly. And so they never told her, hey, you had this really bad concussion or anything like that. They just, you know, sent her on her way. Um, she was on the verge of selling her insurance business. Finally, after several meetings with her, she was like, okay, I'll come try it. Within a few months of treatments, she went from just being ready to sell her business till she was thriving. She now comes and sees us every other week. She's come from so many things. There's so many things for this young lady that has changed that I can't even keep track of all of them. But um, basically, she's now, she's not, she just told me, earlier today because she was in today that she's actually starting another business besides her insurance business as well she rents her rv she's getting into real estate as well now it's pretty amazing that 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 is really amazing now do you have any partnerships where you're referred by or recognized by any of the hospitals or local doctors or medical groups um i try to partner with all of them stuff like that are they most all of them know about me. I, I said I do have 12 or more chiropractors that do send me folks all the time. Several naturopaths send me folks. Um, my MD sends me people all the time because he's actually been in the use the chamber and he's seen you know, my results of things. Uh, then there's a couple other MDs in town that do. There's an ND actually down the street that has a chamber in his office for his clients as well. Um, and I know there's another chiropractor I want to say over on river road that last i heard they had one in their office too because they you know they used to send me folks and they're like hey why don't we so you know and i'm totally totally happy with helping folks get those set up if they want to do that in their office and help their own clients so to answer your question there are several folks that send me folks from time to time and i do get referrals from them because the folks that are in a motor vehicle accident that is one insurance that i can use is pip insurance so if they say if you get in a motor vehicle accident, your chiropractor sends you over, your chiropractor says, hey, I want Marxine twice a week for six weeks, then I just bill your car insurance as you come in, and then they'll, they'll pay for them. And then I've also had some really good luck with workers' comp on a couple different things, um, from folks that just got hurt at work to I did have workers' comp pay me for two post-COVID recovery folks that got COVID on the job. Yeah, for, so for those that are listening, if you don't know what PIP means, it's personal injury protection. So that covers you. All of us should have some of that clause inside of our car insurance. So if you have an accident, that's always a good place to make sure to check. And if you're not sure if you have it, I would recommend you call your insurance agent. Make sure you do because that's important. Not only that, but max it out. Max it out. That's right. Because uh, ambulance ride, 
couple CT scans and whatnot will normally go through just your basic because I when I say basic, it's like $15,000 and that, that'll get chewed up really fast with an ER visit, ambulance ride. Mm -hmm. So if someone on the street want, is interested in using your services, can they walk in and do that? Or if they're, let's say they're injured, do they need a referral or can you, uh, can they just pay you over the counter or is it all, or does he, if they want, if they come in and say, uh, Matt, I'm not feeling well, can you build my insurance? So we are, except for the, except for the insurance, motor vehicle insurance and the workers comp, we are all, all pretty much out of pocket pay when it comes to the hybrids, specifically because normal insurance only covers those 14 major conditions, as well as a lot of insurance companies have a clause in their insurance for hybrids that says they will treat or cover hybrids that is 1.4 atmospheres or greater which is very specific because we treat at 1.3. So due to stuff that happened in history and all these things, that's just a clause that was put in there for that. Uh, however, you do not need a referral or a prescription to come see us. You just give us a call. We get you set up in our system and then you fill out a form and our overseeing physician makes sure you don't have a reason we couldn't treat you. The real only reason I can't treat somebody is if they have a non-treated collapsed lung. That's the only absolute contraindication. And contraindication means absolutely no, can't do it. Now, with that being said, our doc flags us. Say you say you have asthma, Mark. They would give us a big yellow saying, Mark has asthma. Basically, what that means is that we need to tell you, hey, Mark, you have asthma. Do you use a rescue inhaler? If yes, please bring it with you so you can have it in the chamber just in case the lint off the pillow causes an asthmatic attack. The cool part is, though, if you do hyperx long enough, I can testify for myself because I used to have allergy-induced asthma, say, so aka when all the trees would pop off in the spring, I would have to carry an inhaler because the pollen would cause my allergies to be so bad that I would spar an asthma attack. After doing hyperx for, I think it was three, three and a half years, no longer need my inhaler, which is pretty awesome. I've also had other clients tell me who were asthmatic that they... As, they were doing treatments that they needed their inhaler less and less and less, which is pretty cool. So that's kind of how it works when folks call in or want to come in. So specific walk-in clients, we can't necessarily see you that day, but we do have openings quite often for new clients. We do tend to keep our new client load down to around five a day. But since we do have four chambers, we're doing anywhere from, well, we max out at 20 depending during the week, about 20 treatments a day, and then 14 on Saturdays is our max. So we're doing anywhere right now between 80 to 110 treatments a week. So you said uh, something a second ago about an overseeing physician. Talk about that part of your process if a person comes in, because you want to make sure, obviously, there's they're medically sound enough to be treated. You want to mm -hmm. make sure that you're, there's protection for you as well as for them. What mm -hmm. does that process look like? What can they expect? Super easy process. So we'll just start from client getting to know about us to treatment. Let's do it that way. So client finds out about us by either a podcast like this. They Google us, uh, Rick Dancer Show, KPNW, somewhere they hear about us. They call us, work with them. We First thing we do is find out exactly what all they would like done if they want just hyperics if they want hyperics and possibly the power bed which is our light therapy 
or if they want hybrids and massage, you know, all the things. And then we work, find the days that work appropriately for them, get them scheduled, get their, all their information in the system, which is just name, phone number, email address, date of birth, at, you know, standard stuff that most medical places need. And then you, they get an email sent to them once they're scheduled. And in that schedule, it has two links. The first link is the one that takes them to the overseeing physicians websites called O2 Providers. And in there, they'll enter their name again because it's a separate, you know, system from us. Enter their name again, and then ask them: uh, Are they under any medical care right now? Are they on medications? Please list all their medications. Um, anything specific? Can you know any specific diagnoses they may have at the time? And at the bottom, there's 17 quick questions: Do you have diabetes? Yes or no? Do you have asthma? Yes or no? And you just click yes or no. Super simple. Takes you maybe four to five five minutes to fill out the form, depending on how many medications you may or may not be on. If you're on no medications, it's like a two minute form, just done. And then the second form is actually a form for us and our massage therapists that ask you similar questions. It's a little more detailed, um, but it's mainly, like I said, for our massage therapists to be able to open up and make sure what's going on and that you're not on any crazy thing or re things that they need to know specifically as they massage. We've got about two minutes left. What would you like to say to the general public uh, regarding coming in, stopping by, what, how you would like to service them and their families with any medical needs they may or may not have? Absolutely. I would just encourage everybody to look into hybrid therapy and as well as give us a call. There are a lot of things when you are looking on the internet that because high pressure or with hospital hybrids, we'll call that, has been around and being done so much longer than mild pressure clinics like what we're doing that you are going to see a lot of things like stuff about ear trauma and eye issues and everything that that does happen with the higher pressure things where so there's a lot of education that goes in when it comes to talking about the hyperbarics that we do versus the hyperbarics that have been being done for so long i don't think we mentioned that because a lot of folks do ask me this is a very new modality, right? You know, super new. I'm like, yes, Hyperx is really new. The first Hyperx chamber was built in 1662. Brand new therapy. Uh, because people don't understand or realize that Hyperx has been here for hundreds of years. We just haven't utilized it the way we're learning how to utilize it now. So I really recommend just doing your research, calling us, learning more. If you have just the simplest ache or pain or you're just feeling lethargic, uh, we're getting a lot of folks coming in with brain fog and they're not understanding why they have the brain fog and, you know, the fires, everything going on in life right now, just all the stress can cause all the brain fog and that can doing the hyperbarics. And then like we mentioned a little bit about the light therapy, we do targeted hyperbarics. So we have what's called a red and infrared head cap that sits around your head. And we'll do that while you're in the hybrid chamber. So we're targeting that because we're getting more blood flow to that area because it vasodilates that area specifically while you're in the chamber, which is, amazing amazing it's like a one-two punch for things it's pretty awesome so just education and that's really what i felt like i've done for the last seven years is really educated folks into how we can help them and then let them make their decision and the best way to do that is just call us at our phone number you know 541-636-3278 and we've talked about i think you have the you said you had the website up there already newly hyperbarics or newleafeugene.com, as well as you can find us on Facebook at New Leaf Hyperbarics Eugene, and tons of tons of articles on there. You just scroll through there, as well as yeah, you know, videos and different things. And where are you physically located? 
we that's the cool part folks ask me that i'm like well we're in the upside down buildings folks are like oh you mean the darth vader buildings i'm like absolutely and for those folks that aren't familiar with those two concepts if you know where valley river center is we are in the buildings right behind there they're big black glass buildings actually bigger on top smaller on the bottom and that's why they call them the upside down buildings and we're in the same parking lot as red robin we're just a little bit south right across the street from the firestone and it's 1200 executive parkway for those that need the address very good well ladies and gentlemen we've had with us today matt mccarl he is the owner of new leaf hyperbarics and wellness in eugene what a great interview what a great organization what great uh treatment and great alternative for so many things that seem to be we've, we're facing at significant levels in society right now and, and i believe that we should and be more investigative about how we can treat some of the issues, the ailments that we face beyond um, medications. There has to be a way we can help ourselves and help our loved ones and our friends and our associates, our community without this hyper uh, medic medicated society that we live in right now. Yeah, and I think I've started to see like there's been this full circle type of thing where we were very natural if you will you know like the old saying food is thy medicine medicine is thy food mm -hmm. to where we learned about big pharma stuff synthetics and thought that, that was going to be the super awesome answer to now we're coming back around to we need to do more of a blended approach use more natural things with the other things like yes absolutely like my background as an emt stuff yes you need emergent things sometimes for for helping things like, like if you're having an asthma attack you need those rescue inhalers but mm -hmm don't necessarily need to live on something like that forever if there's a way to correct that issue. Very good. Well, Matt, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for bringing the, the services to our community. Looking forward to um, learning more. I think there's a whole lot more to this story than we could distill in an hour. But I, I, I believe and suspect that we're going to see you out in the community uh, making a greater impact and having a larger platform to share your services with all of us at large. So uh, best wishes to you in your business and thank you for all the help that you give to so many people. Yeah, once again, thanks for having me, Mark. You're welcome, you have a very good day. You too. Yeah, bye-bye.